episode four of the Neos Dance Theater podcast. My name's Katie. I'm a dancer with Neos, and I'm also your host. This is a podcast that bridges the gap between the audience and the stage. Like I mentioned in the last episode, we are getting ready for our upcoming production of Carmina Burana, choreographed by Bobby Wessner. Rehearsals are well underway. We just finished a week of vigorous rehearsals and are now enjoying a weekend off before heading into the theater. This production requires a ton of energy. Dancers are dancing throughout the entire duration of the piece, so right now we're trying to figure out at what points where we can conserve energy and at what points where we can really push it hard. The movement's really aggressive and there's a lot of sweat involved. This is really fun for me because I'm not always the most aggressive dancer. I like to really I like to dance really softly and slow and gooey. So it's fun for me to have the chance to really find that other aggressive side. So, like I said, there's a lot of sweat involved. In yesterday's run, I probably sweated enough to fill an entire swimming pool. Sorry, that was a little bit gross, but I just wanted to paint you a picture. So now that it's the weekend, it's time for us all to rest and carve out space for self-care. I'm going to be taking an Epsom salt bath, maybe with some lavender essential oil, maybe I'll have a glass of wine or something. I just want to nurse those sore muscles back to health so that when the weekend's over, I can really give 100%. This week, we go into the theater, so I'm excited to see all of the elements come together on stage. This is the point where we are all starting to get really comfortable with the steps, so it'll be exciting to dig a little bit deeper and take it to the next level. In this episode, Bobby returns to tell us all about Carmina. He tells us all about his experience performing Carmina Burana at Ballet Arizona and how that influenced his own choreography for the production. He also talks a little bit about what audience members can expect and some challenges he encountered during the process. If this conversation interested you, then go to scantonsymphony.org to purchase tickets in advance. Tickets are going quickly, so try to get them as soon as possible. We can't wait to see you there. If you want to find out more about NEOS, go to our website at www.neosdancetheater.org. You can also connect with us on social media, so follow us on Instagram at neosdancetheater and like our Facebook page. If you are enjoying the podcast, please share it with a friend and leave a review on iTunes. We would really appreciate that. I cannot wait to continue to bring you more and better quality content, so stay tuned. All right, well, enjoy this interview. Thank you. It's going well. I feel like today was the first time... I saw like each transition happen in mm-hmm. between the piece, which is really an important part to start mm-hmm. seeing. So, um, you know, the rest of the process to get it to stage was, you know, continuing to clean mm-hmm. and make little changes here, add some dynamics there, but um, just focusing on that to see mm-hmm. what what movement story we're telling from right. the beginning to end. So we as dancers in it um, can start to tell our own, you know, narrative uh, mm-hmm. as we're dancing through, but also create that arc. And I think for each dancer, depending on, you know, there's so many different sections and so many people are doing so many different things. Like for each dancer, it's going to have this different arc. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So that's been interesting to kind of see happen organically. Mm-hmm. I think we can abstract that even more. Right. From from each person mm-hmm. kind of discover like oh this is my yeah this is like the, the time where I'm about dead and mm-hmm. the time where I really feel like I've engaged mm-hmm. uh, so that's that'll 
I think, in help give us something um, as performers throughout it. Right. It was fun to have an audience today, too. Mm -hmm. Kind of helps the energy a little bit, especially since it's Friday and we're kind of dead from the week. <laughs> kind of amped us. I think it amped us up a little bit more to I could tell. have that. Yeah. I could tell. Yeah, it was really nice to roll it out um, at this point in front of people because mm -hmm. you just give in a different way, or you you start to feel like, oh, this is this is going to be where I really have to focus, or mm -hmm. you know, a, a different place. Cool. <coughs> So can you first maybe familiarize us with what Carmina Burana is, maybe if you know anything about the history of the music and maybe how it started to be adapted for dance? Do you know anything about that? You know, I, I'm unfamiliar with the very first dance that was made to the music or who did it first. There have been so many versions. Um, I had performed a version that was done very early on, I think back in the late 40s, early 50s. It was mm -hmm. choreographed by Ernst Uthoff down in or for the Chilean National Ballet, which he also founded. Um, <coughs> and I performed for his son, uh, Michael Uthoff, who was the director of Ballet Arizona. Mm -hmm. So he brought that version to life on Ballet Arizona. And um, we did it twice during my tenure there. And it's a very different version. Um, the the repetitors continually um, mentioned or gave us this visualization of being like a hieroglyphic type of, mm -hmm. of pose that really gave um, this very flat, picturesque uh, quality to the movement as a whole. And then, um, made the movements that weren't as posed or flat-oriented really pop out or thrust into the dance space. It was very theatrical. Mm -hmm. It had um, <coughs> the choir on stage with us in these kind of old monk-like risers, wood. Mm -hmm. It had um, a wheel of fortune oh. with all the 12 um, horoscope signs above mm. it that kind of rotated mm -hmm. above our heads and it would just start spinning like mad during some of the big uh, musical moments and uh, um, uh, yeah so there was this very circular kind of space in the center that was the majority of the dancing space and then they even filled it with a giant circular table during the Tazenga scenes mm -hmm. um, so uh, there was a little bit of a literal story that was going on, like there was a couple that met, like Spring Awakens, Love Sparks, there's Temptations, Trials, Revelry that happened in the middle section, and then kind of an affirmation of that love at the end, mm -hmm. bookended by the famous O Fortuna um, that kind of frames it within uh, those epic scenes uh, that there is a life within. So I've, I've kind of taken that framework into this version mm -hmm. and a little bit of that hieroglyphic like flatness at times, but um, never quite stopping there, like taking that flatness and then moving it into a circular. Uh, what I found as I was listening through the score over the last year and a half was just that um, it, it continually cycled through. There was almost this mesmerizing quality through all of the different sections throughout. 
um, very repetitive in its uh, or orchestration, and I, I felt like I wanted to capture this trance-like quality, mm -hmm. but yet still achieve uh, an arc, a rise and a fall. Um, so I pushed for the choreography to have a, a constant, very repetitive um, theme throughout, mm -hmm. um, but then the challenge for me was to make sure it wasn't a scene fest, you know, that it right. was something that had a lot of dynamic and matched the music in that sense as well. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, the, the creative process was really kind of a playground, like let's, let's make some decisions and see if they work. I feel like we had enough time to throw some things in the trash yeah. that didn't work mm -hmm. um, and start over. Right. Um, what, what became the most challenging at the end was really coming to terms with the space that we'll actually have, like where right. this choreography is going to land. Mm -hmm. And uh, that started to really have an impact on some of the decisions we made. Right, because so it's not a typical stage setting. Not at all. So can you maybe explain what that's going to be like? Sure. I think from the audience's perspective, they will see this kind of sphere. And I, mm -hmm. I keep thinking of almost like a wedding cake. So there's this low level, very, very right in front of the audience foreground. There's this mid-level that's actually the stage level, mm -hmm. and then the orchestra itself is on a series of rises, so it has that kind of slant up mm -hmm. into the back of the theater, and then in the center we have created uh, a riser space that will feature some of the dancing movement, uh, uh, but also some of the soloists mm -hmm. that are singing. So. Um, it's, it is in this kind of sphered thing, and mm -hmm. we'll, we'll use many of the different levels uh, all throughout the, sh the, the evening. Um, sometimes all of the levels at once, and mm -hmm. sometimes just a particular space, depending on which section we're at. Mm -hmm. So when you first um, got the proposal for this project, what was your thought process when you found out you were going to be choreographing this? Oh, I was super excited. Mm -hmm. um, like Canton came to me, uh, was thinking about doing it, and, and invited me in to talk about what, what it would take to make it happen. Um, it was an immediate, I mean, they would have had to really scare me to say no, because uh, mm -hmm. I immediately wanted to do it. Right. I've known the music forever, and that um, is always a comfort level, because mm -hmm. it's not uh, like I have to start from scratch and, and listen mm -hmm. um, to you know, the nuances that feel like I could sing almost every section mm -hmm. um, there. So for me, coming as a background, as a, a kind of a wannabe singer, I felt like, I, I always feel like that's mm -hmm. something very uh, influential in the process. Like, if I can sing it, I know I can do steps mm -hmm. to it, I know my body can react to it, right. and understand where the spaces are in between the notes, mm -hmm. too. Um, we often talk about the tap dance of it. Mm -hmm. I feel like if our feet are really gliding across the floor and connecting and right. our bodies just ride that wave. Mm -hmm. So um, that was an easy yes, for mm -hmm. sure. And uh, there wasn't really a whole lot of negotiation. I had a great author to make mm -hmm. it totally worth our while and keep the dancers in the studio mm -hmm. for long enough to really create the work. Um, yeah, and then from there, it's just been logistics. Right. Mm -hmm. So Carmina Burana is something that a lot of dance companies do. It's kind of a yeah. staple in the in dance. So what do you think is 
setting ours apart from other versions. We really tried to integrate to integrate this space in a new way that allows um, the audience to see that the musicians, the singers, the choir, the orchestra, and the dancers are all sharing this space mm -hmm. together. You know, way down in the forefront, um, you know, once the musicians are in place, they'll stay there, but even um, the singers, the children's choir, mm -hmm. the soloists will come down into those places. So I feel as though they'll get this um, almost operatic feeling mm -hmm. from that. Um, so I, I think that's unique from mm -hmm. the versions that I'm familiar with. Right. I also think that um, the, the movement qualities that Neos has curated out of our mm -hmm. artists over the last two to three years are really coming to more full fruit with this. Um, we've explored uh, a lot of improvisational ideas over the last mm -hmm. two years and we're implementing this that into this production mm -hmm. which is really yeah. one of the first main stages where we've leaned right. into that technique as much as we have for possibly you know other like outreach mm -hmm. programs or pop-up performances that we've done um, in in the community so to see those elements make the make their way into our production feels um, uh, feels different but it also I feel sets the uh, other versions I've seen uh, sets our version apart mm -hmm. from some of the other um, interpretations of it yeah I can see that um, did you have any challenges when you were going through the choreography process with this? Yeah, I did. I think that we workshopped a lot of movement and had a lot of ideas. Some mm -hmm. of them were attached to particular um, music sections. Others were fairly off in the abyss, like, oh, let's just try to find mm -hmm. a place for that. Um, uh, there was a lot that happened very easily, very organically, uh, but then there were a couple sections that really just made me um, pause, mm -hmm. just not knowing, right. and how to um, take the movement language and make it consistent mm -hmm. into those sections, but then also make it look diverse, right. you know, especially towards the end, like about uh, four or five sections before the reprise of O Fortuna, there's this really incredible musical moment that sets up um, a duet that, that Matthew and Mary Elizabeth are performing mm -hmm. and then it's almost like there, there's a bit of a rise and fall but then there's this other like very fast rise that happens and then it just continues to push 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 so how to handle that certain that particular moment for me visually was a struggle yeah and we really just finished that section like two days ago, right, right. and they're still making changes mm -hmm. to it. Uh, so we're carving it out. Yeah. And that was another section, kind of like section, what we're calling section 15. Mm -hmm. We had a hundred different versions yeah. of it. I finally feel like we're, we're landing mm -hmm. on that is interesting enough, not as repetitive, mm -hmm. maybe not as abusive to the dancers' bodies. <laughs> uh, mm -hmm. I feel like we're almost there with this mm -hmm. section I'm talking about. Right. Uh, so. Yeah, with a week's time, I think mm -hmm. it's, it's tracking pretty well. Yeah, so just maybe a couple more questions. So you did mention that there are a couple sections that made you pause a little bit, so mm -hmm. maybe you were kind of creatively blocked. 
Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I felt great about the movement phrase mm-hmm. and the movement vocabulary, but then how to um, work it into the design of the space mm-hmm. and also how to create um, dynamics within that particular section so it wasn't as um, just repetitive right. with, with, uh, with um, just the same movement over and over mm-hmm, and over mm-hmm. again. So when we started to play with a movement that surrounded the space of those phrases, then I started to get a lot more comfortable right. with uh, the, the framework mm-hmm. of the piece. Yeah, so when, when that happens in other, for other projects, what is, how do you get through those creative blocks? That for me, I feel like it's a lot of trial and error. Mm-hmm. Just keep going. Yeah, let's try this. Mm-hmm. Let me see it at the end of the day and see if it's something that we just even pull one piece from mm-hmm. and start over again the next mm-hmm. day. Um, taking some of the phrase work, some of the movement, some of the blocking, but then saying, okay, let's let's uh, take half of you and flip it and make mm-hmm. the stage right side your front, and then let's take the other side, and then let's do it in a rotation. Uh, you know, it's just playing with the puzzle pieces and, yeah. and arranging mm-hmm. that way. Which seems a little bit more like I was just doing some design work, um, but then getting past that and, and really creating a, an art out of it. So mm-hmm. it was still communicating and conveying in a way. And that's what Soy's, um, you know, we can pump out choreography and stage something and have it be done, mm-hmm. but if it's not, uh, a place or a space that allows us to go on a journey as artists. And evolve. Yeah, mm-hmm. or feel as though when we land in front of an audience, we're going to be able to um, have a relationship and, mm-hmm. and form that kind of uh, give and take from the viewer and the dancer, and in this case, from the musicians and the singers, and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, cr- set the table for us all to enjoy that journey mm-hmm. together. Mm-hmm. Um, <coughs> that's what I feel like I've uh, just had to take the most time to address. Mm-hmm. The phrase work, the partnering, um, a lot of the movements that we created, those really came very easily, and I, I do think it's because mm-hmm. I know the music very well. Right. And uh, some of the dancers even mm-hmm. in, in mm-hmm. music. I mean, almost everybody in the world knows the famous right, story. Right, so mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So what is something that you're most excited about for Carmina? Mm. Well, to see if you know, we're rehearsing it right now in a very flat space. Mm-hmm. So I'm constantly having to like, like put my hands up and block a certain set of dancers and feel as though my perspective is looking at, you know, people in levels mm-hmm. or pretending to see people in that kind of tiered mm-hmm. um, wedding cake formation. Mm-hmm. So I'm excited to see if that's going to read as well as I anticipate. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to see if the color palettes are going to work. Um, and uh, I guess with this type of collaboration, it's always thrilling to see all of the different elements come together. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the, cor- the cor- choral groups that have been working, they've been working, you know, for a long time, but all over the, in their own space, they've not really gotten together. So it's like everybody shows up at the same theater and like, mm-hmm. hey, look what I can do. And uh, it's really fun mm-hmm. uh, to, to spend that week bonding, forming new relationships. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm excited, I think, mm-hmm. most for those two things, just kind of to see it in its space that it's built, been built for and to enjoy that collaboration. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great.
So where can people come see this show? It is in Canton, mm -hmm. and if they go to cantonsymphony.org, mm -hmm. they can purchase their tickets in advance. Okay. And I think they're suggesting people do that because it's okay. selling quite well. Oh, wow. And there's so many community members mm -hmm. involved. So there's, uh, I think, about 30 kids in the, in the um, youth choir. Mm -hmm. There's, I'm going to guess, about 90 musicians. There's choral of about 100 people. So it's easily over 200 people on wow. stage. With the dancers, I mean, you know, right. the, the soloists are up coming in. So it's not just Neo's friends coming to see this. Yeah, yeah. that's another exciting piece to mm -hmm. get out in front of a whole right. new audience. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so um, I would suggest going to cantonsymphony.org mm -hmm. um, for all that information. Mm -hmm. Cool. Yeah. All right. Anything else you want to share about this project? Did no. I wring you dry? <laughs> I think so. Okay. <laughs> cool. All right. Thank you so much. Thanks. Please. Yay.